My name is Ryan Taylor. My name is Gabe Wells. And uh, we're going to try this out. This is episode one. And uh, I, I guess I just want to start off by talking about how we kind of got to this point. Uh, you and I were driving to uh, Riley's uh, viewing. Riley's viewing, yeah, up in Dallas, Texas. We were driving from Houston, Texas. And that, if you've ever made that uh, made that drive, it's it's kind of um, a lot of nothing, right? It's a straight yeah. shot out of Houston on 45. You get a little bit of rolling hills around Madisonville. And then there's just nothing going on except for maybe uh, the conversation you're having in the car, right? It, it, if you don't have good company, it is a fuck of a drive. It sucks. And um, I, I, I think with everything that's happened worldwide in 2020 and specifically to our community, a lot of the conversation that was that was uh, happening in, in our car was like, man, we need we need to bring our community tighter. And, and we kept on talking about uh, uh, doing some type of podcast and and uh, having more conversations, something to kind of document. Um, well, and, and I think it wasn't it wasn't so much like an effort had to be made. I always enjoyed your company, and we usually have good conversations, anyways. Whether we were partying or talking about hardcore or after a show or, you know, getting my haircut. <laughs> so yeah. So it, it was like for me, it was more like I I was just so happy to have someone that I could talk to in my presence, not only over the telephone, during a pandemic, mm -hmm. when I wasn't having a lot of meaningful conversation with anyone except for my wife, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of our conversations have been around, um, it'll start with like social dynamics of the scene. We'll start with like, you and I share a lot of similar taste in music, so of course, we're we're both into hardcore but much deeper cuts than that but then we'll get into like you know the social dynamics of like how we're all cartoon characters and why mm. did we even get into this and and how are we still around and 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 still um so fascinated with with these sub and counterculture sure like like social social countercultural dynamics and how the how they work and you know there's been it's it's um it's really something as it develops because i remember in the early 90s there was nothing really about it or nothing that i had nothing written you know about it like uh, there was no like real history of it, so figuring it all out was just a huge part of the process yeah. for me. And in uh, going through high school, um, I heard about bands like Agnostic Front and Gorilla Biscuits and Seven Seconds and Minor Threat, and um, you know I, I didn't realize that it was a, a, its own thing. I didn't realize it was a subculture. I just thought it was just these bands just randomly got it right. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And then you would hear like people, uh, and then you would hear other newer bands, you know, that were more more uh, metallic. You know, you'd hear like like Biohazard. You know, I saw Biohazard with uh, Machine Head and Slayer in like '96. But you know, it's so fascinating. And, and and but you'd you'd be like, these bands seem like they know each other. They list each other yeah. in the thank yeah, you yeah. credits and well, stuff. You and, know. And what was so fascinating uh, about that is it, it was all under the uh, umbrella of hardcore. Mm. You just named wildly different bands, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all under the bigger umbrella of punk rock. Right. So it almost felt like you were like making it up. 
as yep. you went along, yeah. Yeah. as you were telling other people, which is which is a lot of fun when you're in high school and you like to talk too much, like yeah. like I was, you yeah. know, and still and, am. And, and we uh, we. I, you and I have talked uh, at length about how punk has become codified over the years, and mm. I almost want to challenge that it it, nece it it hasn't necessarily been too terribly codified, uh, mm. because you do have um, a, a type of music or a song that that you'll hear, especially like in a car commercial or something, and the general public will be like, "That's punk rock." But I, I feel like to a greater extent, well, sure, like Rise Against or something, right? It, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. To to a a greater extent, it's it's become something much more uh, bigger than that. Um, it, it's it's uh it's it's gone back to a general attitude, um, a uh, a a sort of like piss in your breath type feeling. Yeah, and and it's. You know, it's it's complicated. It's dynamic because you have things like um, there's so many more people who are actually good good writers. You know, like uh, Sam McPherson, from, oh, yeah. uh, Born, Born Against. Against. His yeah. book is really amazing. And then you have American Hardcore, and you have him slagging American Hardcore in his own book. So it's kind of like you you have enough different perspectives now on it, and people with different levels of involvement in different subgenres like yeah. no we were like punk hardcore we were left-wing political punk hardcore yeah. oh well we were right new right wing uh you know fence walk in new york hardcore or yeah. so you know what i'm saying yeah and then you break down um these factions and certain factions will say that oh okay well right wing is actually the 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 new attitude of punk because it's more punk to be this way and yeah. you get so many different well, well right because it's because it's it, stances and and it's all relative right uh, all of radicalism and and uh Polari polarization is all relative to what is the median and where are most of the people at mm -hmm. right and so it's um and that changes that's fluid it's always changing you know like where where most of the people stand and then who is the minority or who is who who has the you know the hot cut you know who's got yeah, the uh, I, I I think it's so long as the the basic tenets include uh inclusiveness and just general anti-fascism whatever that looks like sure mm -hmm. then then you're cool to do whatever the fuck you want and 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 uh like push every boundary right and and you know it, it's funny because people will say or they want to be apolitical or it's not political or it's i mean we're we're social animals mm -hmm. you know things naturally just digress i should say into yeah. Yeah. into politics um the, the what um what, what's a staying factor for me what is inherently hardcore or inherently punk rock is the idea that everyone can do what they want to do you can be yourself and that there is no st set code right? right which sounds almost like a catch 22 the more that there is a dress code. There's this projected dress code. We have to wear Fred Perry's or right. uh, Mohawks aren't cool anymore. Or, right. You know, now everybody's shaving their head, you know, like that kind of a thing. Whereas like, you know, you look at like late 70s punk rock, which I didn't like as a kid. I've only come to like recently, like talking heads and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and that was like when it was like just really kind of 
like anything goes like it was just whatever you said it was well you know and i love that idea and and segueing into our guest today jacob duarte i love the idea that you see these younger guys that don't never felt caught in any of that because it all came before them Mm -hmm. so there it's it's sure it's sure it's fair game for us to sound like a 90s band what do do we know about that we don't have to sound like a 2010s band well what's really cool about uh jacob and uh the 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 group of houston kids that he uh comes from is they they don't um they definitely don't adhere to any uh codification and and have definitely messed around with different genres over the years and definitely pushed the boundaries in uh in houston uh hardcore punk indie and uh texas and have definitely gained uh national attention uh for for the Houston hardcore scene, punk rock scene, indie scene, and have really, really uh, brought a lot of notoriety to us, and it's been really cool. Well, and and what I've noticed is that everybody hangs out together now. Like you have guys that are like just straight up, you know, like studs on leather jackets, punk yeah. rock guys yeah, yeah. that go to hardcore shows and have fun. Yep. You know, everybody has fun together. Everybody kind of parties together and like. You know, everybody's involved in the set. People are moving and sweating, and it's awesome. And there's not this us versus them uh, uh, mentality that's just been so pervasive in the past in Houston. I mean, it took it took us like 20 years to be able to go to to be able to go to shows with people that were like lined up differently than you, and you you could expect that maybe everyone would get along. It took like 20 years. You know, no, it's it's almost going back to like talking to to uh, to the older cats like the uh, the uh, Chris Kendricks and the uh, the uh, Tread uh, folks where they talked about the older Houston shows just being the general weirdos of the crowd. We're finally getting back to that. Now. Right. So you're talking about like maybe like early, early 90s huh? or like Todd Waters, like spunk, like yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I feel like. A lot of praise has to be given to uh, Jacob and a lot of these cats for uh, paving the way for that because it's it's now we're seeing uh, our wave, mm-hmm. uh, you know the the uh, Pride Kills, um, Idiot City, uh, Liberty and Justice crowd mixed in with like the uh, Pose, Scourge, Narrowhead crowd, and it's a lot of like. Uh, studs, leather jackets, skinheads, trans folks, hardcore kids, all mixed in together. Like, and, and you know, and I heard about like kind of like a, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a golden day, but like a formative time in the late '80s and early '90s in Houston. <clears throat> I never myself experienced that just because I'm 40 years old, and at that time I was I was too young. I was like nine yeah. years old. So by the time I was going to shows. It was like lower and given and terminally ill, oh, and there's yeah, this like yeah. rap rock kind of thing was going on, yeah. and like Deftones were touring at that time, like early. Dude, every yeah. band was ripping off Deftones. Well, right, you know, and um, I actually I I had the I I just got lucky. I wanted to go see Anthrax yeah. in 1993. I want to say, and this is before Adrenaline came out, uh, Deftones album. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I a saw heavy album. Super I, heavy. I saw um, Life of Agony, Anthrax, and the Deftones. At okay. Millennium up in uh, North Houston, which was like a, a metal bar, right? And I remember just being like, dude, this is the best local band I've ever seen. And we went and hung out and we're playing foosball with the guys at the Deftones. We're like, when are you guys playing again? They're like, yeah. tomorrow night. 
in New Orleans. <laughs> and we were like, oh, you're not from here. Oh, okay, well, you don't have any merch. And they were handing out on Maverick Records of the single for se- seven words with the cat meowing on it in like a cardboard sleeve. Wait, so, so their, their first album was on Maverick? I don't know. I know that that single was so. Yeah, and that's Madonna's label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a good time. And that was uh, Life Agony back in the day, you know. That was that was a great show. But, yeah, that, that time period was when that was a big thing. You know, like the kind of yeah. like 311 started oh, coming in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and I mean, it's not like Houston was like, oh, no, this is going to not be cool in 10 years. Let's not be a part of this. I no, mean, of course, that was like not. a huge part of the scene back then. Yeah. You know, all through the early 90s. You know, yeah. there was like Taste of Garlic, Nonstop Bombers, um, Dinosaur Salad. Uh, well, and that that influences like my first Houston hardcore show was was I against and who were massively influenced by um, Deftones. Uh, they were an absolute powerhouse back then. And Will to Live, who had just changed their name from uh, Scarred for Life. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, I want to say Shutdown from Brooklyn had. Uh, Oh, Shutdown Shut Down played a show. That was downstairs at Fitzgerald. That yep. was when it was still called Zelda's, yep. I think, before yep. it was called Fitz Down. So yep. Fitzgerald's was like an institution. It was a, a venue here in Houston that had been around since 1977 that was recently, uh, last year, um, knocked down um, to make it into a parking lot. And what that was is I believe it was like a, an old Polish uh, like beer hall. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. and Originally, it was like a big house. looked like a big wooden house. Yeah, it was a big wooden two-story house. Man, over the years, uh, Nirvana had played there. Uh, X. I saw Bad Religion there. George Carlin had performed there before. Mm, mm. Um, I was just reading a piece where Ryan Chavez ran sound for uh, Run the Jewels there. Oh, really? Yeah, before they, like, like before they uh Like one of their blew, first blew tours? Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he and and the reason that they had mentioned it was that he was uh, had the foresight to say, "Hey guys, this is the end of the good old days. This is the last one. This is the last big show we're going to have here." And that was right when White Oak Music Hall was opening up, and it was just like everybody knew that that's where all the shows were going to sw- going to push to over to White Oak. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. A little Houston history there. Um, I think it's good that we're laying a foundation for this podcast right now like this because um, this is kind of where we're coming from. We're, t- we're talking about just to give you a feel of our, our history and not just, and when I say our, not just uh, uh, Ryan and I, but also Houston and Houston punk rock and hardcore yeah. and just how, how it uh, interacts with other scenes. Um, I'd like to just reinforce and beat the dead horse with a stick here that um, Jacob and company and uh, the younger crowd has just really... Um, really come together in a way that I never saw when I was younger. So that's, that's awesome and encouraging and it definitely makes for better music. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and really pushed the boundaries for uh, Houston music and what was going on uh, at the time uh, and it, for albeit a stagnant time in Houston and, and really refreshed the, uh, the Houston music landscape, which was much needed. What about the language? Should we not bad language? No, I think I think we'll keep it bad language. Yeah. Just a little bit. Of course, yeah, not yeah. making a point of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not like. We don't want to sound like fucking meatheads. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think cussing's okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't like if we let the odd one slip. It ain't no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. but still try to uh, 
try to make it palatable for exactly. a larger viewing audience, yes. listening audience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pro audio. Pro audio. Pro audio. I, okay. Yeah. We're also I'm, psychopaths. So. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> we we got to be a little more. Yeah. A little more modern than the psycho. No one says psychopath. We're we're all sociopaths here. You know, equal opportunity sociopath. We're all about progression here. Progress. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, no, it's, I want to keep on changing it while it's recording. Well, it's we, that was just like a one second gap. Okay. Okay. Oh, you mean while we're going? So what, uh, is, we're back with the double pop pop, um, super bang. The old head podcast. Old head <laughs> podcast. We've got some really bad smelling, crusty old dudes here today, and Jacob Duarte. I took a shower before I got here. That's oh I was my late. god, dude! You That's smell all. like essential oils. I put one on. Yeah, there's something going on, dude. Do you, do you burn a lot of incense, Jacob? I do actually. Okay, I could smell it. I love it. It's crazy, dude. I got some <laughs> really, I got some really, uh, I got some really special soaps for Christmas. I went to um, Cole Lindstrom over uh, with the fancy pants side of town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, we went Christmas shopping there and they had like these just really neat fragrant candles that were like electric concrete oh, and like funny names like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, so my house smells like pretty, pretty awesome right about now. I got I candles that. going. I also got some Prorosso shave stuff, the Italian yeah, shave stuff good. and it smells great. Did you say it's gay? Uh, <laughs> no, I said that's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have a, a, a new uh, that's candle gay. that's like... Uh, Don't ever. <laughs> uh, it's like, I think it's called wet concrete. That Dude, yeah. it's, it's lightning concrete. There that's the one yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it smells... Damn, dude, lightning concrete, dude. It smells, it smells delightful. Yeah, Yeah, it's something like else. It was an expensive candle. Good for you. So that and Lalabo, another 13 are like my scents right now. Lalabo? Mm-hmm. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Tell us a little bit about. Um, we were talking before you got here about you, like people do, and um, you know, yeah, <laughs> we, were happens, saying, yeah. we were saying how um, how I, we were talking about the bands that you've participated in here in here in Houston that you probably primarily wrote for. So Scourge, um, Narrowhead, um, The Pose. Uh, what what else? What other bands? Dress Code and Sex Pill, probably. Yeah, there oh, you yeah, go. Yeah. Dress Code. The, and those Sex are the those are the all of them pretty much. Okay. You didn't I'm, do anything with guts? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did it with guts. Um, forgot about that. That was our last thing. It was just so short lived. Um, I joined. I the dairy kind of started, and I joined and played second guitar, and then um, the guitar player and bass player left, and it was just like me, Jonas, and JJ, and then we got like Danny and Fernando, and then I started writing, but I wrote like a song, and we already had three, and then it kind of just like stayed as like an EP. We never did anything more than that. Okay. But okay. I tried, you know, but at that point I was already kind of like, I was just like on Narrowhead and Scourge stuff. It was like, okay. Every heavy riff I wrote, I was like, well, I'm going to use that first. I'm going to use that for my band. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I love Guts, though. It was like kind of breakdown style. Yeah it's, I, yeah. it's just a, like, very emotional and angry music. Yeah. Like, like, actually, just because the vocalist himself, like, he. He, that's his his only expression, kind of. That's, that's what he's bringing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he he brought the entire like vibe to it. To, mm-hmm. to be honest, that's awesome, man. Um, we uh, and also I, I wasn't sure. Like, I'm, I was wondering if you could give us kind of like a timeline of mm-hmm. how all of these bands went totally. down because it seems a lot of times like when you're an old head like me, 
and not a young buck like you. <laughs> but we sit at the house a lot and don't do anything. And yeah. it just seems like, God, this, this guy's like putting out all of this stuff. And he's involved. He's got a hand in a lot of different yeah. bands that, that cross genres. I kind of like talking about the timeline because, like, um, I mean, I've been going to shows since I was, like, 15. And uh, I started off, like, at Java Jazz, you know, going, like, Oh, wow, yeah, right, out like, in spring. Metalcore shows are, like, you know thinking that was what hardcore was you know sure, sure and then i guess i saw terror or something i was like yo this is like there's not even a single breakdown in this this is all just like strictly like mad music or something i don't know and then, then i started going to fall core and groan fest and things like that <clears throat> but um i don't know let's see i was like 2013 when back to back changed kind of and they they put out flesh and bone and they weren't really like hardcore locking out style anymore sure sure that kind of in my opinion, to all my friends and that little scene, it kind of cut it in half. And there was all these kids that were like, oh, you, you, like, you like to tuck your shirt in now. You wear all black. So it was like a jock versus punk type thing, which yeah, is so totally. stupid. Totally. And, well, and I remember that happening, and I think a lot of that happened in large part to the, to the internet. Like, wasn't, there was like it, a it message was the board. Right? Yeah, it was like yeah. a message board. People just talking shit <laughs> yeah. all the time. Or... It, it, it's so interesting that you bring it up like that because we had just did this... Um, uh, because you're running a few minutes behind, we did this long, heartfelt intro about how you guys uh, did so much for the scene yeah. and, and brought together. Um, so, so like I got into, do I need to get closer? Yeah, right okay. there. So I got into um, hardcore through punk, yeah. and you, it, from an outsider perspective of of you guys, it, to me, it looked like you guys had brought back the the punk weirdo aesthetic into hardcore. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was like my memory of hardcore. So like yeah. it, what I had kind of found in hardcore and, and what I had started going to shows about. And yeah. So it, of course I can only know like a, a few of you guys, but like watching from like an outsider perspective and, and kind of witnessing like this little group of bands and, and then going to play like, festivals and out-of-town shows with liberty and justice and like hearing people be like oh man do you know about like scourge or dress code mm -hmm. or the pose or do you know any of these guys and being like oh fuck people are talking about houston again this is yeah like, this is really we'll see cool. too like whenever like i brought up back to back like they were the older people to me but they weren't too much older to where we were still like friends they weren't like too old you know barry and cheney and hank and all them yeah well, and, and what I was thinking was that, like, th there is a big disconnect, right? Because there's a lot, there's a big age difference between you and, like, me and Ryan. Mm -hmm. And our, like, the bands that we had been in weren't doing anything anymore. There was, yeah. like, Will to Live and Pride Kills and, like, Ten Crowns and all of that, yeah. like, little thing. And then from that, the, uh, at around the same time, you had Iron Age and Power Trip, which were bands that, yeah. like, really did stuff in Bitter End. And they know. were from Austin and Dallas and San Antonio, and Houston was kind of just back in the shadow. Just stagnant, just, like, hanging yeah. out, like, we're just so, doing the same old Houston thing. So it was kind of like that radical change mm -hmm. was very different, and, and there wasn't a lot of overlap because yeah. these guys stopped going to shows. Yeah. And now it was, like, a totally different thing. So at that time, too... I was in it. My first actual band. It was an emo band called K K K K Chemistry. Oh, and um, after yeah. practice, one day our other guitar player had these riffs that were like straight ahead or like you know like hardcore like that. Yeah. And I remember Barry being there, and and we played it for me. He's like, "You guys need to record this right now. Like, do it." So he got his four track out, and we recorded it. Didn't have a vocalist. 
I think we just texted Brandon like, hey, come, come over and try it. And we put the demo out right there. And then from then on out, we started a hardcore band that was like, not not like like freak punk and but not too jockey hardcore and i kind of think we i don't want to like put credit on it but i kind of think we bridged that gap again because there was like separating super sure. hard there was like well, circles and clicks for people well and it, it had kind of grown now yeah in the past couple of years it had really grown to where like shows that i was going to over at satellite and stuff like that it yeah. was like everyone was having fun again yeah everyone was having fun there's like punk rock like studs leather jackets punk rock they're playing yeah. shows with there's hardcore bands yeah, there's kids with like camos coming out and then there's kids with chained up like in all black coming out and it's kind of the same thing now yeah and and like everybody the key there that everybody's okay to do that and okay with each other and having fun yeah you know, everybody's partying together having i think a good the, time, I listening think it, to each other i think band. it kind of died again but the prime time for me was 2015 to 2018 and that's yeah. when everyone was coming out to shows like, well and no, you guys were doing like summer breeze no right? matter what yeah. i mean yeah summer breeze probably started like 2017 i think oh did it okay i think so okay but like still like it just every show was fun and everyone came out like it was like DB, like I don't know, whatever culture, it's like scene, whatever it's called. Well, but, and kind of like to, like to to um, segue from that um, into uh, the the bands that you've done, and also how it goes. It's it's like a merging of genres, but it's like effortless. And the fact yeah. that you're prolific in in these bands and writing cool stuff, and it it keeps coming out. Yeah, you know, um, that's a you don't get that in a lot of scenes, right? Like you get like. Usually you get some guys who aren't very talented, but they have a really good work ethic. So yeah, they just keep they, putting yeah. out the same record over and over exactly. and over again, and which kind of keeps it going, but it's not fresh, and no one really yeah. wants to hear that. Or you have real creative guys that just can't get their shit together and, like, you know, they're put so, out one or two yeah. cool, like, EPs. And they're and so good, it. but they just, like, you know, not motivated to do it or something. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's kind of like you bringing the whole package to the table, and it culminates in, like, uh, the 12th House Rock you know, on Run for Cover Records, which came out this year, right in the middle. Fuck of yeah! It's so right? funny. That was recorded. It was done being recorded at the end of 2018, and, oh, wow. and we just shopped it all year. Oh wow! No I one didn't even know that. No one cared. We went on a bunch of tours. No one. I mean, people cared. Like obviously, like people would come to shows, but we were sending it to la labels. We sent it to Regan for, for Cover. They ignored right. it. Right, and we sent it to them again, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, let's do it." So huh. I don't well, really know do, what happened. Do you think there. that that happened with uh with your uh, um UK tour? Do you think that that helped? Because that I saw, helps, I noticed that, that you guys a got a lot sure. of listeners yeah. and on Spotify and yeah. stuff like that around that time period. Totally. It was like, man, this really caught on. That's so yeah. cool. And, and I wasn't sure if that was why. I think that was why. I think Vane and Higher Power put on for us really hard. So sure. So sure. so when we were there, they were kind of like, "Yo, you got to watch this band or something." I don't know. But I think what it proves to me is just you have to go on tour to get yourself out there. Like, Oh, absolutely. You can be popping on the internet and have a lot of plays, but it's really about, like, I guess what saw it for me was, like, when I was on tour, after every show, Harrowhead would get tagged on Instagram and, like, these stories or, like, Instagram stories. And just the fact that people are doing that, mm. those their friends see it. And I don't know. I, I just think that's how you do it now. Like, mm. I guess that's how you did it back then, too. Oh, for tour. sure. Touring is how music continues i guess yeah. well right because i mean i mean exposure it's all about yeah. exposure and like you said other bands cutting for you but also like people seeing you live yeah that, they will then go well, to the internet do, and tell do also friends, too yeah. we've been a band now seven years 
God, that's amazing. Yeah, man. we started in 2013 as just like it wasn't our side project, but it was something that that like we actually had to be good live for it to be successful. Well, you know, so I our first couple of shows were kind of rough to be honest with you. Like I wasn't really ha happy with how we sounded live until like after our first record. And I was I, like two years being a band. Or something. I remember going to see, well, I got far removed mm -hmm. at Vinyl Edge and I was like, oh dude, did, I've heard of this band. Did, I like this band. Didn't he play there, right? Did, and did you, you played there yeah. and I went there. And I remember being like, this band is like really great. And then I saw you with Dwayne, Dwayne Cathy and your uncle's band. What yeah. were they called? Holder. Um, Holder, and I wanted to put out a split seven inch with y'all and them. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, this can be so cool. And I got busy with work. Yeah. My work's like, I, I work like seven days a week, 14 yeah. hours a day. So I can't do anything when I'm working. But um, so that never came to fruition. But I remember going to see Narrowhead shows and being super excited and like yeah. telling my buddies about it and stuff. And it, it took a while to yeah. build, you know? And I used to be like really bummed on that. Like, just cause I, I had friends that were like, you know, like I had friends that were like, I don't know, I guess popular and they're like shitty band or like, like <laughs> Yeah, they're like, band that's like not even a yeah. quarter as good and, as your and band. Yeah. They, they they'd be flying out to fest and I'm just like, damn, like, is that what it takes? Like you have to be cool people, which yeah. it kinda is like that. It's so stupid. Well what's what's funny is that it this shows that like no, actually that's not what it takes. Yeah, what yeah. it takes for the staying power, right? Yeah. It, so, is writing good music yeah. and playing shows. So you know? I guess I just like I just never gave up on it. I did like lose hope a little bit but I was I, I still like wrote songs so I was just like I mean I'm, I'm gonna put these out regardless right it'd be right. sick if we got a label but you I don't know you know um uh the the album 12th house rock um it just has all of the elements all of the greatest elements of the 90s and I just want to speak from a point of view of like I was a teenager in the 90s mm -hmm. and saw Deftones back then and saw like all these kind of bands uh Helmet you know bands like that and it just it just seamlessly and effortlessly flows through sounds like uh like uh Alice in Chains kind mm -hmm. of like vocal harmonies into helmet riffs yeah. into smashing pumpkin hooks totally and then to like this weird like dark blood for blood kind of like with uh <laughs> yeah. Erica Miller the Delano oh, song. yeah, yeah and yeah. and it's it's like it just goes it's yeah. just so slick and it sounds I mean, too, so well done. Now that you like know me too, I want I always look under like, do these sounds do they make sense to you? Like if you talk to me, like I just that's the shit I like. Well and and, 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 and the like, thing yeah, is is that like, that's so hard to do well. Like you hear tons of bands that have this concept of like, we're gonna blend all these well, cool you know sounds and genres and it just sounds so contrived. Yeah, you, you know? know what it is too, is a lot of bands are doing like the whole like heavy nineties like shoegaze thing and mm. I, I think you should take that title away from it and just try to write some rock music. And if it's, yeah, if it's, yeah, that's awesome. If you put effects on it, it'll come out as shoegaze or something. But whenever you're, I don't know, I just, I grew, like I said, like, like I grew up around the tie that binds. So like, right. That type of emo was like always what I liked, but I liked the heavier stuff too. Mm. So I just, I don't know. I like it all to like kind of blend and come out honest and naturally. Oh, and, and yeah. it really, it really did. I mean, I can't, I can't give that album enough praise. It's excellent. Thanks. And uh, the, the one before it's amazing too. You know, I, I, you. I love both of them. It was excellent. Um, it, which leads me to um, uh, Ryan Chavez and his participation in the project, right? Because yeah. he, he produced. Yeah. So, like a, I mean, like the reason he's even in the band was, Everyone was like, "You guys should get cord with Guy and Chavez." I've always known his name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had never known him. M my dad knew him and stuff, and mm -hmm. we finally met and introduced. And he's like, "You know what? I'll get cord this next album." Uh, 
we don't need to talk about money. We'll just figure it out. Mm. So as he's doing it, I think we're just a three-piece at the time, and we had some shows coming up, and we needed a bass player. And Ryan was like, "Dude, I'll do it." And I was always kind of, I was kind of like, "Okay, I know Ryan's good at everything, but like, he's kind of older than us. It might be weird, you know." Well, well, you know what I was thinking was just like, "Dude, you know, I know Jacob pretty well, like pretty good friends." And, um, dude, I, I mean, that could have been me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Could have been Gabe Wells. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, but then, uh, so he started playing a couple shows with us, and I was like, "Okay, this is cool." I, th- yeah. I, I think he's still just a producer though, and then. In the middle of the rec- the album in 2018, we had a tour, and he was like, "I'll just go on that too." And that's when I was like, "Okay, th- th- this guy can hang." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on yeah, tour, yeah. and uh, he honestly like stepped us up. Like he's such a good bass player. Like him and Carson lock in. Right. Like right. I've never seen before with drummer and bass bass players in bands I've played in at least like like musically. I've never seen like a bass player and drummer lock in like that. Well, and, and you hear about that all the time and mm-hmm. that being like, that, the, that's like, like that being thing. the backbone yeah, of your totally. band, right? And they yeah. are the fucking backbone for sure. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, if they can be a tight unit, like in I can genre. do whatever I want and then they're they're just hold, holding it down and I can like fuck up and no one notices. But, sure, sure. But yeah, no, he's been a great asset to the band and his ideas are good and he's really good at guitar tone and bass and live sound is, is, is something that stepped us up too because that's what he does is live sound. So when we play shows, he's really a- anal about things. Well, well, right. He was um, doing stuff I don't have to do when I think I like I know I need it, but I just won't ask for it. You know what I mean? I don't know why. I just, and and he had uh, his background, of course, was at Fitzgerald's. Right. He did a lot of live sound there. Actually, and the, he t- I don't remember him needing him, but he told me the first time we met is he did sound for my. He's kind of my first band there. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And did, did he do, was he doing sound at the mixtape thing? The mixtape thing? Uh, 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 with, with. Oh, you know what? He probably was, dude. <laughs> I don't remember, but he probably was. I think he also did a You Ain't Punk thing where I sang with uh, with the guys and did a Black Flag set. Really? I think he was running sound at that. Probably yeah. Did. I don't know. Hey, I, I remember him being around and yeah. doing sound. Also, too, uh, he. There's a, there's, I guess he played a show with the Tyler Binds. Like he played bass when they needed one for. Like, oh, okay. Show. I didn't know that. I didn't that. know that, but they told me that too. Awesome, man. Yeah, so it just comes full circle with my family and him. It's kind of weird, but he's like one of my best friends now for sure. So and and it and it just works. It yeah. Clicks. Like you said, I mean that's that's so hard to find bass player and drummers. I mean, do we we've, we've had click. like four bass 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 players. And we finally mm. found one that's mm. good. Yeah. Mm. yeah um, so so what do you see coming uh, coming up have you been writing now or fuck yeah dude like all quarantine we were just going hard like cause awesome. like awesome. like in February they were like okay the record's gonna be announced in April but not come out till August and I was like fuck you've already been sitting on it for a year like I don't even care about this record anymore, you know. Yeah. So me right, Car- it's hard to stay yeah. stay in it yeah. like so, that. So so me and Carson were uh, just writing writing actually. Two weeks ago, we got an Airbnb in Canyon Lake and just went out there and recorded 15 demos. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're all, I, th- I think they're all cool and sound good, but I mean, I still, f- I feel like I can write some more that are actually good for the record. So we'll, we'll have a, I, 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 I'd like to start, in, I'd like to go to the studio again by the, this summer and do, and do the LP3, I that think, is, just because... Yeah. I feel like if we if there wasn't a pandemic and we were be able to tour all year, we probably wouldn't be this far ahead with the next record. Yeah. But 
since there's nothing but time. Well, and that's and that's working with what you got, which well, is yeah. awesome, which is staying productive yeah. and you know staying staying upbeat and positive and, and production in the middle of something like that. And not to pass up on the record that's already out now. I was like, well, we still have a couple of music videos for the record that I would like to do. So I think that'll still keep people interested so, sure so when the next one gets announced they'll, they'll be like oh sick you know yeah um but yeah we, um i just i want to write another record or record yeah. another record i love the production on this one mm. it's a little more personal to us but i don't think it's what i want the next one to sound like that and that's even better you know, you know because of, because a band has a very noticeable progression mm -hmm. you know and like a lot of the, people didn't well, I guess a lot of people have been jamming the first two records for like four years straight, and then we dropped this one that sounds natural and no like shininess to it, and yeah. everyone's kind of, I heard, I, I've seen some negative comments about it, but mm. it's just kids gatekeeping like that, yeah. that knew us first and like don't want anyone to know about it. But mm. I think the next one will be like a mix of that natural one and then the shiny one, and I want it to just be heavy and mm. like a real record. Yeah, man. I, 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 I mean, it, I, I see it going that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes back to your comment, too, of, of, of not assigning yourself to one specific genre. Yeah. Just being like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I grew up being a fan of, of these different genres and, and, and being influenced by X, Y, and Z, and I want to play a fucking in a rock band. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to do, and it's going to be largely 90s influenced. Yeah. And so from that, I can pick from this it could be maybe a little bit grip poppy at times totally maybe that's what know? dude i i like to make jokes that uh i like to call narrow head chino gallagher yeah. like de de <laughs> to tones with some oasis in it but yeah but but then like i don't know i i i think we're finally finding our own sound which yeah there, there is like that 90s and you can pinpoint what in the influences are but at the end of the day i kind of like that it's just sounding like narrow head you yeah. know well, yeah, just, just and like I really, playing what you like. And, and I really like that the hardcore side is coming out more. Like, mm. I I used to try to keep that separate because I didn't want to be, like, the hardcore kid with, like, the, the rock side project. But it's not a side project. Like, that's just what I like, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to make it a little more aggressive, too. I like that stuff. Well, and, and I think that that's cool because it's, like, it's kind of, like, Oh, I'm I'm doing this project, so I have to put on this persona, yeah, which is that. so silly. Yeah, and the, pers I mean, and and the there's persona. No reason for it. I think maybe I thought that way for a little bit, but then the persona just became real, <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, yeah, I like rock, but here I am with a Cro-Mag shirt on, you know? Yeah, yeah, or that's awesome. Man. A kickback shirt, and and, have, and and that's very keeping with what we were talking about, seeing seeing from that from an outside perspective yeah. of of this younger scene. The thriving, and then people just not afraid to just do whatever they yeah, want. I, and, I yeah, I hope, I hope that can inspire something. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for just it, it's like a, it's like a pressure building, like mm -hmm. this this uh, the, the pandemic and people not being able to go out, not yeah. being able to do shows. Um, dude, I don't even I didn't even go to shows that much, and I miss it. Yeah, like terribly. And I and I would only go to shows like that maybe last show a few times that, a year. That last show was a house show you went to. And I wanted to us. say this. I wanted to say this about that show. That was a surreal, dreamlike experience. Caleb Butler and I. Caleb's a good friend yeah. of mine, old head. Um, he went with his wife 
and it met was, me there. Yeah. And we we met, and it was a house show. And what's what's the name of the house? I don't even remember, but it was like a house show where like kids go to drink underage. It was like kids, like, dude. And so I was like drunk kids. I was transported up. back to 1995. <laughs> it's by Voodoo Queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was yeah, trans yeah. I was transported back to 1995, and I'm sitting there, and I was just like, this is so weird. This is just like being a kid. These guys sound good. It reminds me of these bands. And then you covered Deftones. Yeah. You covered Deftones. And we were just like Derek booked it, right? Yeah. yeah, we were just having a blast. And when we went outside, I looked at my friend Caleb, and he said to me first, he was like, "Dude, that was like surreal. That was so weird." You know? That was, was like, like I felt like I was fourteen. It was awesome. That that <laughs> that, that that show felt good for me yeah. too, because like kids, I, I I like not saying I know everyone that goes to shows, but that was a show I went to where like the band was like didn't know anyone, and the kids yeah. were like, "Yeah, that, that's excited. a beautiful thing." They were Especially excited. in their own city excited like trying to talk to us and like mm. jumping around like because kids in hardcore are spoiled and they don't get excited anymore yeah. so these kids who have never been a hardcore show or don't even know what that is oh yeah. just live music was like pumping them up you know oh yeah yeah so yeah they, they, they were that. they were relaxed yeah. and ready to just had just have a good yeah. time yeah that was funny so like with this coming out in the middle of a pandemic and you guys kind of talking about writing LP3 or you already started writing it, but potentially recording LP3 in the summer, what does it look like with you guys uh, potentially doing shows in 2021? Because I saw that you guys kind of announced some European shows. Yeah, as far as it, we have nothing trying. Uh, I think we just said yes to the, the Outbreak Fest because that's so far away from now and possibly that could happen, but I don't know. Dude, that lineup, by the way, I was like, when I saw that, dude, I was yeah, like, dude, is that going to happen? Holy I hope crap. so. Yeah, it's, that's insane. It's, yeah. It's, so, so who was, who was, who was on it? Uh, it's like, Lucita today, I believe. Judge probably or something. And like Vane and us and just like a bunch of the top, uh, not top bands, but like the, the new ones right now. I can't even remember. Yeah, dude, I saw, I saw the lineup and it was like that. It was yeah. like, I was like, dude, is, is someone just like pulling names out of a hat yeah. and acting like this fest is going to happen? Yeah. Or is there like a real plan yeah. to do this? I don't know. Um, we haven't heard much about it since we said yes, but that's yeah, kind yeah. of the only plan we have until until it looks good. And Sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, yeah. It's it, weird. It just, yeah, I don't think anyone knows, right? No. Right, it, but it's... it's um. It's such a, a weird, fucked up, tricky time because now, like, it, it, it went from a period of, like, because I watched it happen with, with my band. is like, okay, well, a bunch of stuff got, got canceled. Like, the, the West Coast thing got canceled. Yeah. The Europe thing got canceled. And then it got to the point of, like, things down the line got pushed back. And then, and then it got to the point of just everything getting canceled. Yeah. And then now 2021 was just like, well, maybe we could start booking things and and with the vaccine rollout everyone's just kind of like chomping at the bit to uh to like book stuff yeah to get it and just i don't know yeah and so and so now <laughs> like i'm watching like things are, are are like things with like cool decent lineups are getting booked in in europe as soon as like april and then now i'm seeing stuff in america like in as soon as may crazy which is see well, and, and, and so me, but i want to be hopeful i don't know well so it's kind of like i mean it's one of these like how does how will it play and, and i mean it yeah, can play out know, in a variety of ways and i can just know? imagine like 
the first show coming back, how much shit you're gonna. It's gonna uh, be, well, so that's the thing. No one wants to be the first. Yeah. No one, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is like it's a conversation for another time. But I don't know how I feel about this stuff anymore, like pandemic or virus. I just let it go, and I'm gonna continue my life day to day and not make any plans. <laughs> well, of. well, right. And, just, and I mean, there's a there's a way to be cognizant and and adapt and move on yeah. with life while still being careful. I have you know? found that. I like it a little bit because it's forcing me to be productive. I like the live stream sessions and stuff, but that's not going to do it for me forever. No, you know, right, like right. Something's got to get it. Okay, yeah. work. Live stream <laughs> sessions, sure, but there, there's like, because like, we, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, no, for sure, but it's like, there's only fucking so many you can do, yeah. man. Like, we, we did one with you guys, and I oh, think we did have, y'all do that one at? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, it oh, was the Holonky Power. Yeah, it, was, some shit. it was like the Save the Venue one. Yeah, and then we're gonna do another one for the record release, and then it's like we're 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 literally just trying to space them out because we don't want to. Yeah, do you don't want to just drop them all at once, and then because it's then kind what? of depressing. It is. You know, you're like, oh, you touch the screen, you can't see nothing. There. I don't know. <laughs> and, well, and, and then it's like, okay, we can kind of mess with some cool videography with it, and that's kind of tight. And then it's just. Yeah, it's funny too, cause like twenty twenty, I like January first. I was like, this is about to be like my year. We're about to have all these plans, and we well, could have well, done. And, and how many and people? How many people were like that? Everyone probably. Yeah, everyone was like it that, was dude. Pretty I promising, mean, cause like the yeah. end of twenty nineteen for me felt good. It was a good mm-hmm. year, and it felt mm-hmm. like it was building up to something. Like a lot of the work I put in in twenty nineteen. I got I got something to show for it in 2020, but I didn't get to do anything about it in 2020. You know, like it all it all came together and like something came out of it, but I didn't get to, you know, do yeah. anything with it. But I'm chilling. I'm fine. That's awesome, man. That's good I'm to hear. Sick. And 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 it's kind of like that's the thing. It's like you got your health. You're not sick. You're staying productive, doing cool stuff. And and I mean, it, people can take. People can take inspiration from that. That, that yeah. it doesn't have to be dead time, right? Yeah. It doesn't and, have to be just. And like, this no, year could have been that of yeah. all the bullshit that we went through, our friends dying and stuff. Like, I could have just stopped doing everything, mm. but for some reason I didn't. Well, want and to. I, I started yeah. getting, I started getting really scared that more and more and more of our friends were gonna, were gonna fall, yeah, fall, v- fall victim to that. Fall I, into that, you know, you know, not to like get into deep shit, but after Riley died, I was going down that path. And then after yeah. Wade... Don't, don't get into any deep yeah. shit. We keep yeah, everything yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then just after that, it's like, no, I, I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, you know. And then after another friend dies, I'm just like, wait, I, I like it here and I want to do stuff for these people, you know. Yeah, and that's awesome, dude. And, no and, deep and, shit, and Like I said, that's encouraging. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. No, no deep <laughs> shit, though. No, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Well, it's depressing for everyone, but. No, man, like what happened around that time was like, like I had just started doing uh, virtual school with the kids. And so it was like a a, a period because like you would come over. It was a period where um, so much of us were unsure about hanging out with each other. And we were only hanging out with like a couple people at a time and blah, blah, blah. And then and then Riley happened. And we got together. Yeah. And then Wade happened. And just like, fuck and, it. and then we it was just everyone like, around. Fuck it. Yeah. And I need to be around people. Yeah. And know? so then, so then I was at home during the day with the kids for school and then coming up here and cutting late nights. So, so then it was just like, 
dude, just come over to the fucking house, man. Yeah, who cares? Uh, like, just, just, we just need to be around each other and yeah. or come to the barber shop. And, and so our community started to get arguably tighter than it's ever been before mm-hmm. um, because it became a matter of life or death around that stuff. Yeah. Right, and, and, and it became more like, like there, there's a community here for us to to take the take the positives of the community totally. from it, you know, like for support. I yeah. mean, that's what it's. I mean, we're not. None of us are getting life insurance from Hardcore, and uh, you know, pension yeah. plans or anything like that. But we, you know, you do have people you've known for years and friendships that are important. And it's yeah. it's like times like these when that's important, you know, to take advantage of those and and to actively give to it. Yeah, know? it's just crazy. Like you know, you, whenever you go to that like the funeral or the memorial and you see all these people and you're like, damn, like. I wouldn't even like be here if we didn't go to a show together or like if we yeah, didn't like, exactly. like I don't I'm not even best friends with you but I know I've known you for 10 years or something you oh, know, like, yeah. right. just, that, just that, people yeah. that like you that you don't chill with every day but you know them pretty well just... no doubt the, the lineage is like pretty nuts uh, because I, I got into this stuff at a super I'm 36 and I got into it at a really young age and like met him at a young age where it's like I was a young kid going to shows Yeah, where everyone was like an older scary totally person. <laughs> it was still like that too when I, uh, I, I went and so yeah going to uh riley's deal and then wade's deal looking around being like man i've known some of these people for like two decades like, or yes, yes that's yeah. a, that's a long fucking time and um it it was it was um it was very, very uh, larger than life, and, yeah. and uh, put a lot of things in perspective. Totally right, right. and it, and it helps everyone. appreciate. Yeah, it helps yeah. you appreciate what you have, and like, like Jacob was saying, like, kind of like cursory friendships, or like, like friendships that are that are just by proxy, mm-hmm. like, like develop into something else. Yeah. you know, and I think that that uh, that's that's finding that silver lining. Yeah. Through, through tragedy. It's crazy to like to, to say that though like, about hardcore, but I mean, all three of us can agree like we're here because of that. You know, yeah, I, sure. I, I wouldn't yeah. know y'all like, if it wasn't for that one common thing that we have. That's yeah. right. So I think that's very special, and um, I will always like hardcore. You know, I'm never gonna be that person that tries to get out of it. Like, I want to be the old guy that's in the back with a beer yeah. that, that <laughs> he gets mad when someone spin kicks me and I throw it at him. And it then, sounds it sounds better in, <laughs> it sounds better in theory. It's really not that much it's fun not, in real life. No, <laughs> or I want to be the old guy that's trying to spin kick still and hurts himself. And oh yeah, yeah. man. There's, there's, you can be a, a million other characters besides. That. I want to be that one though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Pretty cool. Good. I'll okay. teach you everything so, I know. Let, yeah. let's, let's pull out the the trading cards and like that's the, that's the one you want to pick. Maybe I can Maybe. swap around. I don't know. <laughs> it depends where I'm at. What do you think? What well, do you think, have Brian? you messed with any other projects? In See, not really. I was talking to Danny about it uh, a few months ago, and I know you guys had released some sex pill stuff, just like a little <laughs> yeah, but pack. But that like, shit's the like last, old, dude. Yeah, that, the last time I talked to him, he said you guys weren't really doing shit. We weren't because, like, you know, Barry didn't want to play drums anymore, just because he's doing his own thing, and he just doesn't want. I don't know. That's just another conversation, I guess, and. And Danny and all them, they could easily keep going, but they feel like, well, we need Barry to do it. I know you, I mean, in my opinion, you don't, but he is a big asset to it. But I don't know, they were just kind of stagnant, and I don't know what they plan to do with it. And the thing with me and that band is I'm just like, I'm there for the support and to, 
to make things happen and get them. So I'm not about to like write riffs for them because that's their that's their ideas. And um, I don't know. I feel like we kept like just dragging it out, and that's why we did that package to keep it involved. And we 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 would like to record and do new stuff, but same with every other band, no one's excited to do anything. I am trying to write like a scourge. LP and we have a couple songs but I want it to be like good so I'm not yeah. gonna like force it. it's gonna take a long time or something yeah and really the only thing I'm active with is Narrowhead and I kind of made this other like moshy beatdown band kind of but it's just two songs and it's like not a joke but I don't think it's gonna be like a, a, an actual thing bulldoze worship it's like it's more like, like it could be it's more like kickback and marauder no, <laughs> like oh, yeah, just, just straight like dumb riffs and Next step up. I think I told you that when you were cutting yeah, hair. Yeah, next, it's, like, yeah. it's like next step up. Next yeah. step up, man. I have that next step up on Life Crew. Yeah. <laughs> That's my shit. <laughs> I just, I remember I was touring a lot with uh, bands that were docking a lot of that stuff. Like, But it would be like the worst type of bands. Like, So from that genre, I feel like there's only a handful of bands that are really good. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rest rest of the the bands that are like jocking that or just got off yeah yeah if you're trying to like pull off that sound nine times out of ten you suck yeah you know well also too people try to fake the whole tough guy thing i think i think i think if you write a heavy demo and don't act like you're tough it's even harder you know like well you just gotta you gotta pull it off because it's the inherent part of what you're doing there right that's like the root of it is yeah is is like it's gotta be this like just extremely blunt knuckle dragon meat headed thing going on, yeah. you know, and, and people, people vibe with that and they buy into it because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't sit around listening to beat down bands. I like going to see them yeah. and beating people up and jumping on fucking heads, yeah. you know? And that's, yeah, I think that's, that's how it's gotta be. Totally. You know? it, yeah. It's more about the live a- aspect yeah. of it than just having, a, I don't know, like a good EP. That's awesome, dude. Oh, man. Well, we need to start working out then, Jacob. Yeah. Me and you. Okay. <laughs> I'll put you on the plan. I'm down to get a little swole. Get a little swole. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask about. So, especially from, like, the, the group of hardcore kids that I was introduced to, like the, the Gabe Wells and, and, uh, and, and all those guys, I, I was thinking about, like, some of the – like tackiest, cheesiest, like um, outfits and stuff that came from that era. Mm-hmm. What's some of the cheesiest stuff coming from like your clique? Yeah, what do you think has no staying power? Right, is, is because like okay, for, for me, for me, like yeah. whenever whenever I was touring a lot, and and I was so faded at the time, I didn't even think about it until like I kind of came to, and I was like, oh man, that's. I was a fucking clown, but I used to wear I used to wear Fred Perry's with basketball shorts. That's awesome. That's an excellent. That look. that's like <laughs> dated. That yeah. So that's like that that bit right there gives me just like 2004 or five vibes. You know. Oh man, dude, I, another <laughs> good one. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. I think what's I don't know what's kind of whack right now. <laughs> I I started wearing bucket hats. And, I remember and, that. And yeah. then, and then, I don't. I mean, I think I just started wearing it at the same time as everyone else. I don't think I started anything, but then I just started seeing kids wearing it, and I thought it was whack. And I stopped. That <laughs> like, don't look good on you. <laughs> but I still liked it. I don't know. I don't know what's. I think the whole like 
I, I think like Norma Jean style hardcore is coming back and I don't really like that stuff. Oh man. Now, you yeah. know we, we actually applied Norma Jean on stage Sick. and heckled them and, and heckled them and heckled them in service. Heckled them in front. We yeah. uh, we Jason Friedman pied one and then I think Marlon pied the other guy. And they ran off stage and pied him. And then we were like, GAMC, motherfucker. Like at the front of the stage, screaming at them while they were playing. And then after the set, they were like the nicest dudes. I bet. And we, well, yeah. You know, what else were they going to do? But um, it almost made me feel bad, but not quite. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that was, uh, I, and I remember that, like the heyday of that, like at uh, Furnace Fest. Because we went to, I went to three of the Furnace Fests back then. And it was like, that's kind of like what it centered around was that metal hardcore 18 visions mm -hmm. norma jean evergreen terrace like all those kind of bands and it was so odd you know and yeah. i remember being like like defiantly wearing my uniform choice shirt like say something yeah. motherfucker yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and and it was like there was bands that that had some to all you know like i really liked that like zeo burn it down split and uh training for utopia i kind of like that band but it was like that was a well, that, big thing that just didn't really have staying power. No, that's another know? that's another genre or subgenre that just like beatdown. There's there's a small group of bands that, that do it really, really well, good, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then there's a, 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 a like a sh a shitload around them that are just yeah, like uh, what was that? I posted the other day that shit happens. Oh, that no, yeah. shit happens every time I die. DVD. I, I can never <laughs> down every time I die. That was just a band that like. When I started going to Warp Tour in like 2005, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. they passed out a CD and I got it. And you know, as a kid, someone in a band gives you a CD. That's you're gonna you're gonna like that or something. So well, and you know, for like for like hardcore, I don't think their music is good, but so, them as a band, for some reason, they've always stuck with me. Is like that looks like fun to go on tour with or so, something. You know. So yeah. what happened with me with that band is you know they did they're like the, the Southern Rift band, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So. I, I did Ten Crowns and then I, I started uh, I Am Wolf and I Am Wolf was like the like punk rock and roll but we had like southern riffs and that was the time where like a shitload of bands were doing that so yeah. we were playing a bunch of shows with the John Bonet and like Brian Jackson was in that was in I Am Wolf and then he started playing in the John Bonet so I just feel like I got burnt out or something so burnt yeah. out on the, the like this, nah, 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 yeah. nah, 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 no, I know it's like a cowboy riff with a breakdown in it or something. Oh, like, yeah, man. that does get annoying. Yeah, and, and it was happening um, by, and it would be so many kids getting way into that with like the super skinny jeans and white belts, and yeah. it was just like, like I was pretty like in seventh grade. You kind of, you kind of just like, like whatever you think sounds cool. Like you, if you like he heavy shit, anything screaming will you'll like or something. Mm -hmm. But I remember. My uncle Steve had just joined I Against, and they played a Christmas show at Fitzgerald's with Will to Live. I thought Pride Kills you played, but I think I would have remembered. It was some other band that opened up, and people were throwing trash cans and shit, though. Oh, wow. On, on like, and that was one of my first times ever seeing people mosh and do stuff. Yeah. And, and that kind of changed my life a little bit, really? to be honest. And then, dude, I think what really got me stoked on it, too, was... Um, you know, I'm half a Mexican, and uh, I grew up with my Mexican side a lot. So seeing Will to to live like a full band of 
and I mean, Hexagon dudes just playing like hardcore. Like, yeah, that was pretty inspiring to me. Yeah. Well, I, I remember there was a disconnect between the punk hardcore, like Gorilla Biscuits, Agnostic Front, and then like the Haybreed yeah. and Biohazard and totally. stuff. And so I was like, is this the same thing? I don't really know. And it was my senior year of high school, and I went and saw. And I was just like, dude, it was like one of those things where I was watching Will to Live and I was like, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. He yeah. knows about the punk ones. Yeah. He knows about, and then he was like, it, it, the aha moment was when they were like, hey, this song's called New Direction. Come yeah. sing along yeah, if you know yeah. the words. And I was just like, this is all the same yeah, thing. It's what is. I've been waiting for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. How can you find that out? Yeah. That was like, so my, my, and I brought it up earlier. My first Houston hardcore show was, it was Will to Live. Um, and it was right whenever they had changed their name from Scarred for Life, and it was I against, and you know I was a I was a punk rock kid, and I was just kind of discovering hardcore, but before that I was hanging out in the suburbs in like Laporte, Deer Park, Pasadena, with these Korean skinheads who had this hardcore band called PIX. These dudes that are wearing like champion crew necks and just look very like they have their own uniform, but it's not. There's no like studs and spikes and leather jackets. Yeah. And, and then to see the dance, all that shit was weird and foreign to me and and its own unique uniform. Because like the hardcore that I had heard before was, was I had heard uh, Warzone, The Victory Years, and a, like a live Sick of It All CD yeah. that I had gotten. And, and this was just bizarre to me. And I yeah. think Will to Live did a Bad Religion cover. Maybe crazy night or something so yeah like, because i think they used to do uh no control maybe i think but um and just i want to touch I'll, maybe do what you yeah, want yeah, yeah. because gibson was really into that yeah. you know that so anyways um we uh i wanted to touch on this real quick the dancing hardcore dancing in the oh, early days right like late 90s yeah. texas hardcore like no one danced like that yeah. okay and then we got this transplant named mike finger Okay. Oh, dude! And dude, it was himself. just, dude, it was just like the East Coast just showed up in our lap. Really? I think he's was from like, here. He's not from here. No, oh. he's, no, he's, no, he's from Jersey. Jersey, yeah. And that so guy he snuck me into a power trip show one time. Uh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I and and, and that's what that's what set it off because all of us had kind of seen videos maybe of people doing it and this, but no one was gonna just go out in Moshville yeah. Central, push Mosh Central, yeah, and start like spin kicking and yeah. except for Mike Finger, and yeah, he would awesome. go out there and it would just be him. And all of us sitting around like this, like, oh, Ooh, how do I do that? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. doing that next yeah. show. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm doing yeah. that. And, I mean, he single-handedly sparked hardcore dancing in Houston. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. So, uh, credit to you, Mike Finger. Shout out, Mike Finger. Shout out, Mike Finger. Yeah, dude, I, I've always been fascinated by the TXHC mosh style <laughs> of just, like, being mean. Just being mean. <laughs> just being mean to people. Dude, I, one, like, time, one time we went and saw Terror after work. And it was me and Luke, and we were wearing our jumpsuits from work, right? That's the sickest thing ever, actually. And, and we're all, like, covered it's in... It's when you go to a show right after work, you're wearing your button-up, like, like your... Your, um, um, your overalls, yeah. yeah. And so we're wearing, we're wearing coveralls and, like, just covered in shit. And we were working for this offshore uh, field joint coding company, right? So, and we brought some guys from work. Excellent idea. Yeah, Let's just get some big old, like, rednecks out yeah. there, too, and get everyone drunk. And Tara was playing, and we were all, we'd all drank too much. And me and Luke were standing on the edge, and Scott Vogel was behind us, and we already knew him, and he was cool yeah. and shit. And um, the pipe had busted in the women's restroom, or maybe the guy's restroom, in one of the restrooms at Walter's on Washington. Okay. And there was sewage all over the fucking floor, dude. 
And people were like, and Tara wasn't playing because Bogle was behind us, but someone was playing, and me and Luke were just like straight up mean-hearted, drunk, blacked out, like trying to foot sweep kids so they'd <laughs> fall and eat shit, literally. And Vogel comes up behind us and he's like, What are you guys doing? Yeah, like pushing yeah, us, like snap yeah, out of it, cracking yeah, our heads yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, there, was so, so there was definitely a lot of mean spirited action back then. There were so many funny ass memories from early terror shows uh because i feel like there's there's a period where they were playing houston a lot or they were just touring hard. well they were touring a lot and they were they played at walters a lot they played there with madball oh, right the, well i i kept on missing madball in houston because we were touring so much of that at that time 10 crowns was touring like nine months out of the year so right. the first time i saw madball was that we were in the middle of a tour and it was death threats last show and it was in connecticut oh well, that's and awesome that was, like in the, that was in the middle of gang pool yeah, so it was, it was just like, like Cruz and... Dude, it was FSU, it was, uh, it yeah. was FBI outside of uh, the uh, the show, taking uh, pictures of everybody walking in. Uh, oh, because of like gang shit. Yeah, that, yeah. weird. <laughs> like yeah. profiling. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Super <laughs> sketched out. And it was packed, but the, the floor was, was just flat. So like, if, unless you were close, you weren't actually physically seeing the band. Yeah, because there's heads in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and that was Death Before Dishonor, uh, Death Threat, 100 Demons. Oh my gosh, what yeah, a nasty it, show. Dude, it was, it, was, it was nasty, but, and, and Madball. And that was- uh, That, that sounds was, like not safe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> So like not a safe show at all. But we were from Houston, uh, we had been touring a lot, and we were touring on the strength of of knowing Will to Live, Pride yeah. Kills. We had shared some members, so we were okay. We were safe. Yeah, yeah. We could just hang out in the back and like, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? No, for real, you might, you like, might yeah, get out of there. That was, yeah, that's that was, real. Yeah, that, that it was okay. You know? Did, yeah, yeah. I remember just kind of cu coming up. I mean, when I was like a teenager, some of the TXHC stuff was kind of like on its way out, like. I guess everyone wasn't like will to live. We wasn't really doing anything. Yeah. I don't think Pride Kills was playing shows at all. Right, right. And uh, but the mean spirited stuff was still there. So in order for me to enjoy myself at a show, I'd have to do the same thing. I'd have to be mean too. I'd, so I'd be this little skinny kid trying to like swing on the crowd, and people didn't do anything to me because they were like, "Oh yeah, as you're supposed to do." I guess. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just another day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I um, I'm glad that it was. Happened like that because they taught me to not be a bitch. Well, and also there's like like, like me up. I don't the know mean that. the mean spirited. It wasn't like like oh we hate you as a person or anything like, like that. It's more just like rough. Like this yeah. is supposed to be rough. Exactly, this is inherently exactly. a little violent. Yeah, and um and a, a fair amount of. I wouldn't even call it good natured, but like but, hazing. Yeah. And it wasn't like it directed was. at younger at, at younger kids primarily. I mean, we teased Chris Conflict so bad about his hair on tour <laughs> yeah, that he cut it off. in a gas yeah, station. Thank God. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like we just constantly yeah. on him. But 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 to that point though, there there's good and bad aspects to that. The I, I remember watching, you know, the the bad aspects to that is we quickly lost numbers at shows because yeah, I was about to say that people too. Were, were acting like idiots and were pushing away kids that were just getting into uh, hardcore and punk and were getting really excited and all of a sudden getting beat up at shows. Yeah, well, and it's like, it's like when is it hazing and well, when does it turn into bullying where we're, we're, just, we're just opportunists, or gate, tough guys. Or gatekeeping too, it, yeah. be, be being like, I've never seen these guys before. I'm going to show them what it's like. And then and those kids are probably stoked and then they get jumped and then they're probably like, Look hardcore or something. Well, and, and not just and then not just kids. What happened is it it got way out of control to where my older sister, 
who could probably beat the shit out of any of them dudes. Yeah. Any of she our can. boys. Uh, Evangeline? Yeah, Evangeline. Yeah, and so she, when she starts calling me offshore, while I'm working offshore, I call home, and she's like, what the fuck are your friends doing? Who They beat up so-and-so. They beat I've up so-and-so. I've got so many calls. And it was, and it was like older, respected punk rock people. Yeah, that Older, got- respect. Yeah, that it, it's just like... You know, that's like when it's all of a sudden out of hand and out of bounds, and you have, I had absolutely no control yeah. over it. I know? like to think of it as, I mean, this can go either way, but like, kind of like, if you can't handle it, those kids won't ever show up again. But also, who's to, to say that they, they probably would have enjoyed themselves, but then they just got jumped? You know what I mean? Or like, no, I exactly. Know. And, and what I was getting at is like, is like, you get jumped, not just new kids. People who've been around forever are all of a sudden just like, fuck these assholes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm never going to your show again. Yeah. You but, know? but the way that I've always explained it, and I've gotten into multiple <laughs> arguments with, with a lot of the uh, older dudes because they've they've been like, oh, you know, Houston Hardcore's dead. And I've been like, dude. It's just nice it's, now. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Let me pull up. Look at this gut show. Look at this fucking uh, Summer Breeze. Look at all these shows that we're not getting put on, we're not getting invited to that's popping off right now. No, Houston Hardcore is not dead. It's it's actually thriving right now. Just the the kids that... Just, maybe, just people don't want to be around assholes who are going to beat them up for no reason. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I guess, once again, outsider perspective, what I saw kind of shift and happen was like a lot of these kids ended up starting their own scene. Yeah. yeah. Is that correct? And, and that's, Kinda, I mean, yeah, because... I guess we were kind of in the middle of that because we still play fall core and be included in that. But eventually, we kind of just were like, we don't, we can't, we don't have anything in common with these older guys. Like, not really, like, not saying that like there's like an age gap or something. But like, we just felt like we did kind of have our own community, so we kind of just not shut everyone out, but just did our own thing and just like didn't really think about the old, the older bands or just the other people. I guess I don't know. And it's kind happened. of like it's kind of like a natural kind separation, just nat- yeah, right? Kind of just just doing your own like thing. That. Like, as soon as we were old enough to 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 know how to book our own shows, it's like cool. You don't have to go to this uh, this eight tank show and yeah. get jumped or something. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Or, or, or yeah. you don't have to you don't have to rely yeah, exactly. on these people's approval yeah. of putting you on a show. You can put on your own show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. was like. And a big, liberate. And, and, a big and, change. And in a sense, like your dues are already paid. Yeah, you already like you know you know yeah. your influences and, and well, and um, you guys and and people are booking their own tours, mm-hmm. right? And booking yeah. their own shows and having successful events. Yeah, that have a way a way uh, more positive. Vibe, it's crazy because right? I booked the first dress. Co- I, I booked all the dress code. Every like, hardcore tour I've been on, I I did that, and. Uh, I like I don't know notice it at first, but now I think back and I'm like, dude, the, the first dress code tour I knew four people and it was so hard to find shows. Now I I, I feel like in any city I can think of maybe two or three people I could ask or something, and I really like that. Yeah. That like opened me up to like a bigger community of kids that are doing the same thing in their city though. Yeah. Well, I've had a I've had a good time, man. Thanks so much for coming. Of course, yeah, this is awesome. I had a great time. I like chill. Um, it's, it's it's good stuff, and I'm looking forward to to hearing the new stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play again, like whenever whenever we're gonna do it. Yeah, you know? fuck, it's, it's awesome. Soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm staying cautiously optimistic, man. Hopefully. Yeah, me too. I'm mm. not I'm not like throwing my like hopes out there, but I'm gonna I'm pretty optimistic. I think too. I'm just not I'm not gonna be like have any expectations. I guess. Yeah. Because you can't get let down if you don't have any. 
Well, onwards and upwards this year, man. Um, yeah. uh, best of luck. And, uh, you know, of course, you have our full-fledged support with Narrowhead and Thank all your you. other projects. And uh, I just uh, uh, ask you the favor, just keep doing awesome shit. You yeah, know? I'll, <laughs> we'll I, love yeah. It. I'll try. I'll keep it up.